Support for Under the Radar comes from Wellwithall. Wellwithall believes that self-care is community care. Premium products crafted for your daily wellness, from sleep support to heart health to your daily regimen. 20% of Wellwithall's profits are committed to leading the fight for health equity. They won't stop until it is truly Wellwithall. Under the radar means hearing about things you didn't know you needed to know until you hear them. It's a serious look. To hear about the issues that don't get the attention they deserve. Under the radar doesn't get caught up in the day-to-day. Surfacing issues that are not talked about in mainstream media. I think it's something that connects us to each other. Under the radar is all about discovery. I can be guaranteed voices I haven't heard before. But also the questions. Under the radar is one step ahead. I'm Callie Crossley. This week on Under the Radar with Callie Crossley, when authors and directors invite audiences into an imagined world, they know that food can't be left off the table. You really going to town with that turkey there? Oh, yeah. I got a big appetite. Oh, Jerry, you got no mustard. It's on the door. What, this yellow stuff? No, I said mustard, Jerry. Dijon. Hey, hey, wait, 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 wait. What are you going to leave it there? It's like half a pound of turkey. Oh, no, I can't eat that. You can't eat a sandwich without Dijon. Should we have some lemon cakes? Lemon cake's my favorite. So we've been told. Are you going to bring the food, or do you mean to starve us to death? Bertie bought every flavor beans. They mean every flavor. There's chocolate and peppermint, and there's also spinach, liver, and tripe. Look, I'm sure it's delicious. I just don't understand why we can't see Yoda now. Patience! For the Jedi, it is time to eat as well. Hmm? <laughs> eat! <laughs> eat! <laughs> And fans are feasting on a delicious genre. Pop culture cookbooks based on shows like the ones we just heard, Seinfeld, Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, and Star Wars. Recipes and imaginary narratives combine to bring cuisines from fictional universes to real life. Everything from linguine with white clam sauce in The Sopranos Family Cookbook to Crunchy Spider Surprise in World of Warcraft, the official cookbook. A sprinkling of books from this genre has been around for decades, but in the past few years, demand from fandoms has grown, and publishers are all too willing to satiate their hunger. As part of our Summer Fun series, we're bringing you a show chock-full of fictional-turned-real recipes and the masterminds behind them. First up, hope you're hungry for the culinary delights of Wakanda. Later in the show, fantasy fiends and cookbook lovers unite. We continue digging into the world of pop culture cooking, a genre that brings fictional savories and sweets to real-world tables. We listen back to an interview 10 years ago with the co-author of the official Game of Thrones companion cookbook. Afterward, Chelsea Monroe Castle updates us about the career she's whipped up ever since. It was really fun hearing that interview again and really seeing how far we've come and, uh, you know, how many of those little boxes I've been lucky enough to tick uh, throughout the last 10 years, which was a whirlwind adventure. So it's pretty terrific. But first, joining me now, Nanika Banda, Malawian-American chef, writer, entrepreneur, and author of the newly released Marvel's Black Panther, the official Wakanda cookbook. 
Nanika is located in Amherst, Massachusetts. Welcome to Under the Radar. Thank you for having me. I'm so delighted to have you. I couldn't wait to get this book, and it's gorgeous. So the first thing that people should know about it is it looks just like a regular cookbook, and it has all the beauty of the photographs and the uh, recipes laid out in such an enticing way. So even if you're not into Black Panther and Wakanda, certainly it's a recipe book you'd want to have anyway. I would suggest. (laughs) But let's talk a little bit about you. So how do you, a chef, a real chef, uh, end up writing the Marvel Black Panther official Wakanda cookbook? Well, yeah, the the story behind it, I feel, is slightly serendipitous because um, as a 25-year veteran of the restaurant industry and working full-time as a chef, you know, the COVID pandemic really shut us all down. And so I really had to reevaluate my passion for food and how I can you know, continue to still make a living. So since I have a degree in writing, I decided that food writing would be the next best pivot. And so I was doing that for about a year. And then pretty much on the one year anniversary of the last time I worked in a restaurant, um, I was in a online Uh, group for female food writers and there was a post from the publisher saying that they were looking for a chef who had backgrounds in African foodways who had experience with recipe testing and recipe development and I have a background in all of those things and being very much self-employed I reached out to them and said you know um, I, I should be the one to write your book And at the time, I didn't actually know that it was going to be for Wakanda. I just knew that it was a project on African foodways. And um, it's just a passion of mine as a scholar. So when I found out it was for Wakanda, I got even more excited (laughs) and um, did an interview, but really assumed that they would probably choose anyone else just because I have extreme imposter syndrome. So to my (laughs) surprise, I received... um, a message the next day saying that they had chosen me to be the, the curator of the, the culinary um, candor for Wakanda. Well, now here's what's interesting. Is you're not a comic book person. So we assume you knew Black Panther and what that was all about. Did you even see the movie? Had you seen the movie at that point? I had seen the movie and definitely I understood the significance of the Black Panther movie in terms of, you know, for us as a society right now, in terms of cultural relevance. So yes, I wasn't a huge comic book reader of the series, but I knew that this project would be an opportunity to celebrate Black excellence. And so that's what really made me excited. Now, here's the thing that I think probably people won't get about these pop culture cookbooks is that there is deep diving into not only the history of the characters and that storyline, but also about the kinds of foods, because it really has to be authentic, interestingly enough, in a fictional way. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a fictional situation, but the recipes have to be authentic. So what was your process to begin to try to figure out what are they eating in Wakanda? Yeah, it was it was tricky because if you watch the movie, there's not a lot of mention about food. And... So then I turned to the comic books and just started reading those. And again, there was minimal mention of food. So the next step was going online. And that's when I discovered the Marvel fandom page and realized that the fans have really helped to contribute to the history of Wakanda. And so there's information that goes back 
decades and decades in terms of the history of this fictional nation of Wakanda. So I was able to learn a lot more about different characters that aren't necessarily mentioned in the movie, but do contribute to King T'Challa and Princess Shuri in present day. So, you know, once you kind of understood the history of Wakanda, it was a little bit easier for me to start creating storylines. I would say the greatest challenge is that Wakanda, not only is it a fictional nation, but part of the Wakandan lore is that it was closed off from the rest of the world. So traditionally, African foods, you can see very clearly the influence of colonialism. And so how do you, you know, still honor those African foods while explaining why it might have some of that Western influence in there? So let me just unpack that a little bit, Nanika. When you say you can usually see in African foods the influence of colonization, give me an example, you know, outside of Wakanda, per se. Well, for instance, something like samosas. When I was in Malawi, samosas were on every menu. And while this isn't necessarily an example of colonization, it's an example of how the influence of, for instance, the Indian spice trade. Mm. And Wakanda exists... Uh, in sub-Saharan Africa, where my family is from, is also in that southeast part of Africa. And so if you look at where the Indian spice trade went, it went directly along the eastern border of Africa. So people might associate samosa with Pakistan or India, but it actually is also a very African food. Hmm, Okay. Um, Now, in the fandom sites that you spent a lot of time reading, did they mention food or imagine food or you just were uh, able to get just a better sense of, you know, the population of Wakanda, if you will, and the characters and the and the situation which would then allow you to, you know, jump off from the environment as described by fans? Yeah, there definitely was not a lot of mention of food in the fandom, but it was great to learn about all of these other peripheral characters And, um, you know, another example for the book that I used was I learned that at certain points, Captain America and some of the other Avengers through the storyline of the Black Panther had gone to Wakanda. So that kind of gave me a door to say, well, you know, if Captain America was in Wakanda, maybe Captain America influenced some of the food that they were eating there at that time. Yes, and if people remember one of the one of the end credits of, um, and I don't remember which which Avengers movie it was, but uh, Shuri, who is Black Panther's sister, comes out, and there is Captain America or his buddy, and she says, "Hello, colonizer," and then you know we're left to, mm-hmm. "Oh, what's that going to mean?" But anyway, so <laughs> so so obviously, you know, they were uh, visiting uh, Wakanda at that point. It's interesting because in the fandom, they, there is a lot of. Um, actual present day history involved there. So they actually do talk about, um, you know, World War II and what was happening in the world. And it actually has, they somehow incorporated Wakanda into that. So that actually is a point in time when the Avengers do come to Wakanda. You know, Wakandans also looked to the Avengers for help in fighting off other um, folks that were trying to come in and take over. If you're just tuning in, this is Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. I'm Callie Crossley, and here with me is Nanika Banda, chef and author of Marvel's Black Panther, the official Wakanda cookbook. 
So a couple things to, uh, to know. We've already said uh, Wakanda was cut off deliberately. They cut itself off because, as people know the story, I hope this I'm not spoiling it for anybody, um, they were technologically advanced, but they didn't want the rest of the world to know. So they just kept it themselves. Now we know that there's Western influences, either from other Avengers or other ways. And you have a sense of some of the trading practices that came along in Africa in general so that might have come that way uh, in terms of the influence in Wakandan food. But here's something else. In the movie, there is one reference to food. It's a comic piece. We're going to play the clip for you. Um, so we have a sense that Wakandans were also, many of them, vegetarians. Here's a clip from Marvel's 2018 film Black Panther featuring actor Winston Duke as M'Baku. You cannot talk! One more word, and I will feed you to my children. I'm kidding. We are vegetarians. <laughs> yeah, that was a great part. <laughs> I love that scene. <laughs> and, he, and he timed it beautifully. All right. So, so you did a couple of things. You did your research. You went to fandom. You figured out all these other ways in which there, the food could have been influenced, fictional food of Wakanda. But you also, using your writing skills, created a character who would have been in place to create the dishes for the royal family. And that's uh, Indy Chikonda, executive chef of the Royal Palace of Wakanda. So tell me about creating Indy and then how she developed specific recipes and give me some examples. Well, creating that character was really essential for me so that I had some sort of grounding and stepping off point for creating the recipes. Um, because again, especially working directly with Marvel, we didn't want it to just be a book with a bunch of African recipes in there. You know, it, it, we wanted it to make sense and we wanted it to flow with what Wakanda is. So being a writer and having studied writing, one of the foundations that we're always told is, you know, write what you know. So I was, I was a little bit stressed and overwhelmed only because I do care so much about the fans and I wanted to make sure that whatever I was writing stayed true to that. So for me, as a lifelong chef, that was the character that I created so that I could feel more tied to the storyline. And, you know, it worked out really well because I was able, again, to use that character of the chef and say when the chef was traveling with King T'Challa and went to other parts of the world, they were influenced again by different types of foods. Um, and so for me, the, it's been really great actually creating all these different characters and at when, when I was reading the Black Panther comic series, I noticed, and it's true in the movie as well, that there are a lot of really strong female characters. And um, as a female entrepreneur and someone who's, you know, had to kind of break through a lot of glass ceilings, I saw this also as an opportunity to introduce even more female strong characters. So the chef of the Royal Palace that was training the narrator of the cookbook is a strong woman. I've uh, interchanged them throughout the, the book so that there's um, people that worked in the market. Uh, there's the Dora Milaje, who are the female warriors. So they have a lot of influence in this book. So yeah, once I was able to get that voice, things came slightly more easier to me. All right, let's talk about some of the recipes. I know it's hard, but is there a favorite that you have? 
I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I'm going to I'm going to steal one line from uh, Chef uh, Jeffrey Zakarian that I saw on TV recently because he said it's kind of like having children and people ask like how do you choose your favorite child? So just to preface that, um, but there's a recipe that's really dear to my heart, which is the braised kale and tomatoes. Um, that is a family recipe of mine that was passed down from my late aunt. Um, she was the family chef and it was really important for her for me to understand my Malawian identity and heritage since growing up here in the United States. And so she and I would cook together and we actually had discussed writing a cookbook that celebrated our heritage. And she actually passed away about six months before I got this book deal but the last meal we made together was the braised kale and tomatoes mm -hmm. and then um through her passing our family ended up returning to Malawi and returning to the village where she and my father and aunts grew up so um you know I had that kind of spirit that angel looking over me I think when this book deal came upon me and so I really wanted to make sure that I paid homage to those women in my life who um were very exemplary and also culinarily very skilled. Mm. If you're just tuning in, this is Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. I'm Callie Crossley, and I'm joined by Chef Nanika Banda, author of Marvel's Black Panther, the official Wakanda cookbook. We're talking about the delicious world of pop culture cooking. Well, I tried two of the dishes. I'm going to circle back to you for another one of your favorites, but I just wanted to let uh, my listeners know I tried to. The blackened tilapia. Tilapia is mm. very important. Um, I know in Malawi in general, and there's lakes in in Wakanda, so there's, you know, fish, and so you paid particular uh, attention to that. Delicious. The, the mix, the spice mix for the fish was yummy. And I had to try the harissa spice, spice mix for popcorn, which mm. I just love, 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 love. I messed it up oh, because good. I didn't read it correctly, but it still came out good. <laughs> <laughs> so next time I'm going to do it right, it, is good. it can only be better. Um, I mix the uh, nutritional yeast in with the whole, all the other spices. I'm supposed to keep it separate. But otherwise, um, it was delicious. I really enjoyed both of them. And I can see that there are other recipes that I would enjoy. So that's what I meant when I'm um, speaking to now the cooks and people who like to, to experiment with uh, dishes that there's a lot to enjoy um, in the book, you picked, uh, you designed a recipe specifically specifically for the Dora Malaji. Those are the the fierce security patrol for the royal family. Talk about that dish. Are you referring to the Carib Energy Bars? Yes. Or, yeah. Yeah. So definitely through reading the books, I saw that they do a lot of training, um, a lot of traveling, and so it seemed to me that, you know, they don't necessarily have all the means to be making food on the go all the time. So creating this carob energy balls for me seemed like, you know, something that you would keep in your sack and to have, you know, to keep the energy going while you're out uh, protecting Wakanda. And give me another dish that you enjoyed that, I mean, that you, I know you enjoyed all of them, but one of your other favorites. <laughs> I, I'll i definitely tell you that when I was recipe testing the mango ginger glazed roadrunner chicken wings. Oh, okay. There was no, no, no leftovers for anyone else to try. <laughs> 
So you tested them well. <laughs> yeah. So I would say, you know, especially because yes, Wakanda, there's it's very heavily uh, vegetable based. Um, but again, like when I was in Malawi, um, the term roadrunner is used. Uh, as we would say, like for a free range. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you see that on the menu, you know that they're just kind of free roaming chickens. And the um, mango ginger glaze is, is, a, is a recipe that I've had in my repertoire. I've never used it with um, chicken before. Mm-hmm. So the recipe, you know, I, I also goes into some more kind of classical techniques. Like you do brine the wings before you fry them, uh, which to me, just as a chef, I'm just to let everyone know that brining your proteins really enhances your dishes. <laughs> um, and yeah, so far I've had friends make those and come back to me and, and rave about it. So they're good for parties or just if you want to snack on a pound of chicken wings on your own. <laughs> <laughs> they look good. I just haven't gotten to them yet. Um, I think it's important to say about Wakanda itself, the fictional empire, um, and certainly what people saw in the movie and what you've created also in the book is just so that people understand. Different African countries, it's not Africa's not one big country, have specific cuisines attached to the country. There may be some overlap, but there's not necessarily you go to Malawi and get the same thing you're going to get in Nigeria and vice versa. Uh, But the movie was structured, and this is what Ryan Coogler said, he was very careful about trying to establish a kind of authentic Pan-Africanism, if you will. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff in the movie that's actually uh, authentic to different (laughs) countries in Africa. Um, Mm -hmm. And it came across, you know, just a sort of Pan-Africanism. And I thought that's what you were achieving in the cookbook as well. That was a huge part of my mission, you know. Um, again, when I was in Africa, I was talking to someone that was from North North Africa, and this was before even I knew I was going to write the book for Wakanda, but we were just talking about Black Panther, and they expressed, um, you know, they said, Wakanda is in the heart of all of us. And I really wanted to stay true to that as a child of the African diaspora and as a scholar of the African diaspora, because our food has really spread all across the world. And so, um, yeah, you can see foods that might be identified as Caribbean or maybe from North Africa, like Northeast Africa, um, or perhaps even West Africa. So for me, I was always considering how can I represent those of us that are descendants of the African diaspora, yet still keep it true to Wakanda. Mm. So let's talk about the whole fun of this. This is our summer fun series. Um, (laughs) How fun was it just to, you know, let your chef flag fly, as it were, and do your thing on something that is imagined. So you can kind of, you, you, you've said you wanted to have integrity in dishes and the storytelling, but within that, you could go any direction. Yeah, it was fun creating it. I have to say it's more fun seeing people respond to the recipes, only because I was, I was so concerned about making sure that I paid correct homage to this story and to the candor. So I'm not gonna lie, I was still pretty worried about how it would be received. But you know, now that it's out there in the world, I see that folks really see a part of themselves 
in these recipes. And to be honest, I had to really scale it down. They wanted me to do 70 recipes. I probably had 140 <laughs> ideas. Wow. Um, so yeah, there's a whole other cookbook that we can, you know, go write about as well. So yeah, it was really fun, especially because I am really passionate about just exposing the world to the culinary influences that Africans have had over centuries. And um, so that is just what gave me a lot of joy. What what have you heard that's uh, so interesting thus far? It's just coming out, really. I mean, it's been out a little bit, but, but you know, it'll gain more traction as the movie comes out. And it's scheduled mm-hmm. to come out, I think, November. So we know mm-hmm. that that's what happens. And then the great thing about these cookbooks is that they have long life after the movies are out. You People can yeah. go back to them afterwards for more. So what have mm-hmm. you heard that just delights you from, from folks who are thrilled to have the book? Um, well, one thing has been I've seen, I've received a lot of photos of families cooking together. Oh. So incorporating, you know, younger people and bringing them into the kitchen. And that also, you know, in the book, there are recipes and they're labeled out that are either easy, medium or difficult. And so, you know, to have it be not just a coffee table book, but something that really brings people together and that they're trying out new um, spices, perhaps, or different ingredients. That's been really exciting to see. I also was reached out to by someone who has a podcast. Um, Her name is The Flaky Foodie. (laughs) And she let me know that she has just created a heritage cookbook club. Wow. And so the Black the Wakanda cookbook is their first book for the club. So they're cooking their way through the book right now. And um, that's just really exciting. For oh, me. my goodness. Well, what's up for you next, Chef Nanika? Um, yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> well, I'm really happy to announce that I was offered a job on Martha's Vineyard. So I'm going to be catering out there for the summer. It's been two years since I've been able to do any sort of cooking for the public, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, And then I'm also currently uh, scheduling a book tour for fall, which I've pretty much set up all the dates, and I'm about to be putting that information live on the internet in the next few days here. So yeah, we're going to summer on the vineyard and and celebrate Black excellence there, and then I'm going to be hitting the road and, you know, bringing the Wakanda cookbook across the country. Well, this is some kind of exciting. You did a wonderful job. Um, and I know the Marvel people must be thrilled with you. Um, and I hope maybe you get to do another one of these kind of pop culture cookbooks because clearly you're you're born to do it. You know how to do the, the creating oh, the you. characters and uh, making the recipes and doing the research and all of that. Um, I just you. love it. And it's beautiful to look at. So thank you so much for... Um, just making it happen. Oh, it, was, it, it truly is. Um, I mean, it, for me, it was a gift to my community and for the culture. And it, I, I actually feel really honored that I was the one who got to uh, create the culinary landscape for Wakanda. And as you know, Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. <laughs> <laughs> now we're, we're, we're going with Wakandan food forever. As well. okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. <laughs> Thank you for having me again. This was great to talk to you. Nanika Banda is a Malawian-American chef, writer, entrepreneur, and author of the newly released Marvel's Black Panther, the official Wakanda cookbook. Coming up, 10 years ago, we talked with fantasy food blogger Chelsea Monroe Castle about creating recipes inspired by the book 
and HBO series Game of Thrones, a hobby that led to a book with an intro by Game of Thrones author George R.R. R. Martin himself. We'll listen back to our original conversation and then reconnect with the co-author to hear about how she's turned her fantasy fandom into a full-time career. That's next. This is Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. I'm Callie Crossley. 